All right, well, let's get into the Word today. Let's get our Bibles. Got your Bible. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can have. Says I can have. I can do. I can do. What the Word of God. What the Word of God. Says I can do. Says I can do. And I am. And I am. What it says I am. What it says I am. And who I am. Father, we love you. We thank you for your Word. And we thank you that you are the teacher. You're the author, not only of this word, but you're the author of our faith. And we just thank you that you're going to bring illumination and revelation and insight into the word. As this message is preached, you're going to teach, you're going to show how to apply it to all of our lives. So we thank you that we will walk out of here changed today because we spent time with you and in your word in Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, title of our message is Love Anyway. Love Anyway. My husband's been working on, started working on this message early this week, and he was just as giddy about the men Friday night as he was about this message. He was like, he had his earphones on in the office, and but he's giving shouts as, I mean, I'm working there, you know, on my computer. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, honey, honey, I'm working. He's like, this is going to be awesome. And I'm like, okay. So then I got a hold of the message and I went, yeah, amen. We're going to be talking about something that, well, you know us. We're always vulnerable, you know. We don't know how to pastor any other way. But uh, vulnerable about loving through all kinds of situations, times, seasons, things that happen. Uh, There is a book written by Jensen Franklin. It's called Love Like You've Never Been Hurt. And uh, that book actually changed my life, I'll just say. I highly recommend that book. Love Like You've Never Been Hurt is an amazing book by Pastor Jensen Franklin. But uh, this message is coming from our heart. Um, You know, you see us up here and we look like we got it all together and like we've never gone through a thing in my in our lives. I actually had had over the years people say comments like, well, you wouldn't get it like they you don't know, like like they think we've never gone through anything. You haven't gone through nothing. Just because I don't dwell on it or talk to you about it doesn't mean I've never gone through anything. And so, yes, we've gone through a few things. So how many have gone through some stuff, hard things in life that have literally knocked you down to your knees? Yeah. Yeah, we're not alone. We're not alone. You can't do life and have some some moments hit you sideways. And so uh, we want to talk about that, but we want to couple that with the love of God in those dark times. And uh, we've been in ministry for... Uh, quite a while now, but at times we've been hurt. A lot of you have walked alongside us through several things, but, uh, you know, uh, life-altering accident. Mm-hmm. How about people, I'm going to go through some of some things we jotted down, and you might relate to some of these. How about people moving away from you? It hurts, doesn't it? How about those who decided to walk away from church? That hurts, doesn't it? When you, and especially if they're not even going anywhere, it hurts. How about uh, mean things spoken to you or over you? How about uh, when family members 
they do and say things that hit hurt. you in the heart. Family can hit you right where it hurts. Am I right? Um, how about family members who decide to take their life? That really hurts. How about by God not answering your prayers when and the way you thought he should? Tough stuff that we yep. go through in life and doesn't matter. And sometimes we, as Christians, broad, uh, we paint this, just come to Christ and everything's going to be fine. Well, it does change a lot when we come to Christ and how we do life. But we, Jesus didn't promise us, you receive me, everything's, you're never going to have a problem ever again. In fact, the opposite, Jesus said, uh, it's going to be challenging re- following me uh, in this life. You will have tribulation. By receiving Jesus as your life, just that fact, people will hate you. And so Jesus was really upfront about some of the challenges that we will face in life, and he says, even though you go through trials and tribulations, don't fear, I will be with you. And so we need to have Jesus with us in uh, these difficult times in life. Absolutely. And the love of God. You know, and I can't imagine going through some of life's really hard stuff and some of the wounds, I'll call them wounds, hurts, whatever you want to call them, without the Holy Spirit. Um, However, even with the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to deny that there is pain involved. Uh, I remember one night, and I'm not going to go into details, but um, we call it our most painful night of our lives, the two of us. We've we've done life together since we were 15, so um, our painful times are usually together. And so uh, there's a time that we go back to as one of the most painful times. And you would think that'd be like, you know, when he broke his back and, you know, all of that. But it's really not. And my husband and I both agree the most painful, we know the pain, most painful night we had. And we're like, he's, he's like, I'd break my back over again not to have to experience that kind of pain. The kind of pain that is in your heart where you feel like a knife is in my heart and I don't know how to get the knife out. That's the kind of pain we're talking about this morning. The kind where you have to know, how do I love through this kind of pain? This is the kind of pain that hurts to the core, like you almost feel like you physically hurt. So, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You got our attention. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And you're going to ask, why, what does this have to do with love? But it'll all make sense in the end. You want to read it? Sure. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Everybody say reconciliation. Reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. 
We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. A lot of powerful stuff there. Yes. God is not counting your sin, my sin, against us, but he is reconciling us to himself. And he made us ministers of reconciliation. Did you have everybody say reconciliation? Reconciliation. Yes, reconciliation. And uh, this is uh, not a message for just, oh, you're in ministry and those who preach the God. No, this is, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are a minister of reconciliation. Yes, yes. And uh, so I didn't ask for that. Too bad. You know, you're in. And uh, you are a minister. And so this is kind of a thing where it doesn't matter your occupation, your profession in life, uh, your vision, dreams, and goals. This is part of the pathway that you've received when you accepted Christ as someone who is reconciling uh, not just people to God, but reconciling relationships. That's right. Another way of saying reconciliation to make it more like you would understand it is what many people would call walking in love. Reconciliation is learning how to walk in love. Reconciliation is love anyway. You learn to love anyway in the midst of it. And you know, not one of us in this room and not one of you watching is exempt from hurt, wounds, pain. Not one of us is exempt from those things happening to us, said to us. Uh, so we have to learn how to reconcile. We have to learn how to walk in love. We have to learn how to love anyway when all of these things happen. Other thing that is really interesting is that there have probably been times when you have been the one responsible for the pain. You are the one responsible for the wound. You are the one responsible that it said something you really shouldn't have said. You are the one responsible for doing something you probably shouldn't have done. Aren't you glad for reconciliation? Aren't you glad for love? And who is the author and the finisher of the word love? Jesus. Jesus did it all. He showed us how. You know, they weren't easy on Jesus when he walked this earth. He's the prime example of showing us how to do this. If you think, I can't do this, this is too hard, well, then you need to start going back to the word and see, Jesus did it. They weren't nice to Jesus, but he did it anyway. He loved anyway. So the Lord's given us this simple task. Acts chapter 14, 22. Simple task. Okay. Simple task. Simple task. So these are just some of the things he said. Uh, where, where they strengthened uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, where they strengthened the believers, they encouraged them to continue in the faith, and they reminded them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Aren't you, aren't you excited about today's message? What? Excited about suffering hardships. <laughs> Luke 17, uh, 1, it says, Then he said to his disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come. So he's telling us that hardships are just a part of life. Being offended uh, is part of life. And you mentioned 
you know, just kind of blew some holes in some stuff that we were like, well, they did it to me, but you said we've done it. We've said the wrong things. We've done the yeah, wrong things. Yeah. We all want to be victims, but that problem is if we get honest with ourselves, we've been the instigator of hurting other people. And so, yes, we've been hurt by others, but how many times have we hurt somebody else? I mean, you just can't go through life. Uh, you know, the victim mentality is rampant in our society. I mean, rampant. No one wants to take responsibility for anything they may have said or done. It's all everybody else's fault. But that isn't what the Word of God says we're supposed to do with our lives. The Word of God tells us we're supposed to examine ourselves. We're not supposed to blame anybody for anything. We're supposed to go back to ourselves. In fact, it goes as far to even tell us we're not supposed to judge. Yikes, we don't like that. And, but, you know, we have a little saying in our home, and I have, it has proven so true. When we point a finger at someone, how many are pointing back at us? You said, you did, you, well, there's three pointing back at us. And so I think it's easy for us to say, you did this, but realize we do it ourselves. We don't ever want to think that we might do it to ourselves. But it's really good to understand that we're all humans. Hello. Okay, just, just can you all say that? I am a human. I can say the wrong thing. There, doesn't, isn't that freeing? No. Isn't that freeing? It is free because here's the deal. You got to, if you do say the wrong thing, you need reconciliation and love too. And do you know that sometimes that means just forgiving even yourself? Do you forgive yourself or do you think about it all night? I could have said this. I should have said this. I wish I wouldn't have said this. Knock it off. Forgive yourself, too. When you ask God to forgive you and you ask the other individual, forgive yourself. Don't go. Are you with me? So the question is, how do we walk in love if we're not perfect? How do we How do we love one another? And it's a command. We got to love one another. And that we got this task of reconciliation. But the fact is that Probably right in this room, we're dealing with family members who don't speak to one another. We got relatives and brothers and sisters and parents and children that we just don't talk to because something's happened in that relationship. Might even have people in this church that they're over here and you're over here, and I know we go to church together, but we just don't. Hopefully, that's not talk. The case. We just don't do stuff together because something was said or spoken. And, you know, isn't that the unfortunate thing? Some people go years with don't even speaking to people that they're supposed to love and care about. And we make excuses and we say, well, when they get their act cleaned up, then, you know, we can, we can talk and we'll come back together. But they're such a mess. I mean, they're living so sideways apart from my values and my... I mean, they don't even vote the right way. <laughs> Politics. So how can we 
be have a relationship. Morals? They don't have the same morals as us. They don't have the same ethics as us. I mean, I don't think any of us have could could not raise our hand to say, okay, I got some family members that don't have the same ethics and morals as me. I mean, that's just the way it is. And when they get their morals right, that align with mine, then we can have fellowship. You know, and here's the deal, guys. God, God knows, God doesn't expect you to be bosom buddies with every single person in your life that thinks entirely different than you. God gets that. God really does, especially family members, because sometimes if you get two bosom buddies, you're going to start to lower your standards and your morals, and that is not what you want to do. You want to go by God's morals right here, right? Amen? But we also got to figure out, the Bible says, as much as is possible, live in peace. So probably most of us in this room have family members that have different ethics and morals. <laughs> that was a good place to everybody say amen. <laughs> good job. But how do we love anyway? Do you know that you can still love them even when you don't have the same morals? Even when they might not live by this? They may not live by the word of God. They may not do things according to the word of God. We can still love them. Even when they say that you're filled with hate and, you know, prejudice and all the stuff. Yeah. You can still love anyway in those hard places. Yes. Uh, one of the definitions of reconciliation is at one at one. Unity is reconciliation. Uh, coming, basically coming, and we're on the same page. That's awesome. It's a challenge, though. And it also is a change on the party of one. Reconciling isn't a change on both sides. It's just a change on one side. And so as we are in Christ and we're supposed to love one another and we've got this ministry of reconcil reconciling relationships to a unity as a, a one it is the change on one party. And so we have to realize we're hoping for them to change, but today's message really isn't about them changing. Today's message is about you and me changing because we're in Christ they may not be in Christ, but you are. Let me give just a really practical. I'll be more vulnerable. That's what I do. I have family members who uh, don't agree with my morals. They don't agree with my, my policies, my, my political views. And so when we get together, I have a truce. We're not talking politics because we disagree on politics. And we choose to be reconciling on things that we can agree on. And sometimes when the conversation even begins to go that way, I just simply tell that family member, mm, I'm not going there. And, and we both are like, oh, okay, yeah, you very much disagree. Are you following me? Sometimes you have to just be really brutally honest. I want to be reconciled to you. I want to be in one with you as much as possible and have peace as much as possible. And we very much disagree on this issue, so we're not going there. And I can have a civil conversation if I don't go there. Now, if you ever want to information, or then I'm fine with that. But if you are going to strongly, you know, just fight me, why, why would we do that? 
So we're going to Ephesians we, chapter can we, 2. Can we just go to another step further? Go for it. You might be on the job where you're stuck with somebody for 40 hours a week who hates God, Christianity, anything to do with Bible, religion. You know, don't have to show your hands. But a lot of times we're, we're stuck with people on our job and uh, they don't want to hear about your faith. You know, and that's a tough place. Because God's told us to be a witness. But do you know, if we walk out our job with love, and we work hard, and we work under the Lord Jesus, your witness can be your actions a whole lot more than your words. You can be kind. You can be generous. You can be a hard worker. You can be honest in all your dealings. And people will recognize that you have a different standard than other people. And that can be your witness of Jesus without even saying a word. And so, be at one. I've worked with, with atheists. I've worked with people who hated church. But I got along with them. Yeah. I worked well with them. Yeah. And actually, some, their core of who they are was a nice person. But we agreed on so many, many, many things. But we could be one with each other. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to verse 2. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inc inclinations of our sinful nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Now, I'm going to stop there for a minute because I want to speak to the person who has a, a, a testimony like mine. I, I got saved at five. I got filled with the Holy Spirit at eight. I lived a life as a child of in love with Jesus. But these verses still apply to me because I have the sinful nature just as much as you do. I might have a different story of how old I was when I got saved. I might have a different story that I didn't... Well, honestly, I have a different story than my husband. That is not his story. Great. But just because my story up. is a little different doesn't mean these verses don't apply to me. So now here we go. We're in verse 3. Verse 4. But God... Everybody, everybody say, but God. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Did you hear that? It's only by God's grace that you and me are saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. Because we are united or reconciled with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Wow. Woo. 
So God is going to point to you one day and go, you didn't deserve it. But I made the first move to save your life, to reconcile, to forgive you, to accept you when you were violating all that is godly. God made the first move to reach you. Aren't you so glad he did? You know, sometimes we, we look at our loved ones and we're just like, oh, sweet Jesus, there ain't no way. <laughs> they are so lost. You know, and, uh, you know, the, the thing is you got to remember is like, God got a hold of me. I wasn't looking to be saved, but God got a hold of my life. And if God got a hold of your life, he can get a hold of those people that are seem so far gone. God can make, God made the first move in our life. You know, we can't say enough, do enough, pay enough, anything to be able to receive this gift. There is nothing you can do to receive this gift. This gift is yours if you choose to receive it. That's amazing love. That is loving anyways. And he knows the real you because he knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows your passions. He knows your desires. He knows your attitude, your stinking attitude. I mean, he knows you. And yet he loves you. He loves you anyway. You know, we see, we see each other here in church and we all look pretty, pretty decent on a Sunday morning. I mean, we do. You guys look good. You know, you're styling it. You got the cool hairdo. You got the cool outfit. You know, you look good. But God knows the real you and loves you anyway. Sometimes as I'm getting older, I look in the mirror and I go, God, you, you still love this, right? And he's like, I sure do. And I'm like, man, I, I kind of liked the, the, the years uh, behind uh, on the other side of this. But I, I will, you know, choose to love the new me. I wake up and I'm like, where on earth did that wrinkle come from? How did that appear? That's a new one. But I'm going to love anyway. Sometimes we, we are harder even on ourselves, loving ourselves. When I turned a certain age, I remember um, I didn't want anybody to even know I was that age. I went for almost a year without even being able to get the, the number out of my mouth. Literally. I was like, I, I don't want anybody to know how old I am. You can tell people. I'm not telling you about You want me to tell how old no, you are? No, no, no. Oh, okay. You can tell how old you are. <laughs> Finally, I could spit it out of my mouth because I learned that God loves me anyway, even if I'm a certain number. But how many know we haven't always done what we were supposed to do? You know, and that's part of the thing where the devil traps us, because if we don't always do what we're supposed to do, the devil will be right there to say, well, what's the point of even trying? But what, exactly, he is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says he accuses us day and night. So, if we haven't always done the right thing, but God loves us anyway, let's keep close to God. And how many know parents don't always do the right thing? No. 
How many know children don't always do the right thing? Really? No matter how old they are. How about puppies? Certainly don't always do puppies the right thing. Puppies don't always do the right thing either. I got a scar on my foot where one of them's razor sharp teeth got me the other Beat day. Beat your toe? Drew blood. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, God being the judge of all humanity, who we will have to give an account to, has judged every one of us unworthy. And that's why we needed Jesus Christ. Because God loved you and me so much, He didn't want to lose us. He didn't want to lose a relationship with you. He wanted to reconcile a relationship with you. So He sent Jesus. And it cost Jesus all of heaven. Very expensive. He sent Jesus to reconcile us to himself. You know, there's been many songs written about, you know, when Jesus was on the cross, you were on his mind. You've probably all heard those songs. But the concept is real that God forgave you before you even did what you did or said what you said. He forgave you ahead of time. He gave his life ahead of time. He knew you were going to say some things you shouldn't say or do some things you should. But he loved you anyway. And he went to the cross for you anyway. So if he can do that for us, can we learn by his example and do that for somebody else? Do you know that I can't guarantee that your spouse this week is going to say something like really loopy? I mean, they might. They might say something that really hurts you. We all live in a real world. You all are too quiet. I mean, do you live in the same household I live in? We, hey, sometimes hey, we hey. just say things Let's and we don't think about here. We say things and we don't, we don't mean to, but can you forgive your spouse in advance? That's what Jesus did. Can you choose now to love anyway when they say something to you that really hurts you or hurts your feelings? Can you choose ahead of time that I'm going to love anyway? Okay, I got one amen. Everybody's going, I don't know if I can do this, Pastor. That's a little bit out there. i got to choose to love beforehand? Well, that's what Jesus did. You see, being godly, living a godly life, living a holy life means we act like God. We act like Jesus. So here's the deal. God has already forgiven us even before we messed up. He's already forgiven you for next week, next month, this whole 2023. He's already forgiven you for when you do mess up. It's already under the blood. Our job is just to go and receive and say, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I confess. I blew it. That's our job. But if we're going to be godly and reconcile relationships around us, we have to have that same attitude. We got people in our life that think it seems unreconcilable. They did. They said. They didn't pay me what they owed me. Those dirty dogs. I bent over backwards for them, and they never said thank you. They never paid me what they said they were going to pay me. Well, if we're going to be like God, who forgave us in spite of us, He expects us to forgive anyway. Love 
anyway. Love as if there was never an offense, never a hurt that was transacted towards us. We have to love them anyway. There's a phrase the Apostle Paul said, he said that, that I die to myself daily. I get it. Because when the hurt is so real, the only way to not feel that hurt is to die to yourself. Lord, help me die to my feelings right now because I am so mad, I'm so upset, I'm so angry. And if I die and I crucify myself to that feeling, it won't bother me. And that's tough. This, is, this isn't, this is real Christianity 101. This is how we live this life. This is how we get people saved by not holding grudges, and we love them anyway. We reconcile anyway. They owe me thousands of dollars, but I love them anyway. They said the most cruel, hurtful things that aren't even true. Oh. I got to love them anyway. Because if we're going to be like Christ, who loved you and me anyway, we have to do the same in our relationships. I want to go a little bit even deeper on this. Um, how many know the story of the prodigal son in the Bible? I'm not going to have you turn there. But prodigal basically means you, you know what is right and you turn your back on it. And... Here's where I'm going to go is I mentioned earlier when you pray or think God should answer you in a certain way and it goes a different way. And you feel like God turned his back on you. Do you need, you need to know that you got to love God anyway. Why did my baby die? Why did the accident have to happen? Why did the decision that I really thought it was supposed to go this way, why did it have to go this way? Why did they die when I prayed for healing? Why did that person walk out of my life? When I asked you, God, for them to stay in my life. You know, Job asked the same question in Job chapter 13. And Job, being confused, decided, even when God doesn't make sense, yet I will praise him. There have been times in my life when it didn't make sense. And I chose to say, God, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. But I'm going to choose to love you in the midst of it. Because what's the alternative? Bitter. How, where's that? What, what's that doing for you? How's that panning out for you? 
It's not. You have to choose to love in the midst of when you don't understand. Just like God chose to love you when you weren't making sense either. You've made some decisions that weren't real smart. Now, I'm not saying God makes decisions that aren't smart. What I am saying is there are times you're not going to understand. And you have a choice. Am I going to choose to praise you, God? Am I going to choose to love you anyway? Or am I going to choose to go the other route and be the prodigal? God will allow you to be the prodigal for a while. But if you choose to live bitter long enough, your feelings will go away. And all of a sudden you won't hear God calling and begging you anymore. I beg you to turn back to God. There will come a time when the conviction leaves. And that's a scary place to be. That goes right along with uh, your word earlier that we get used to the smell and we just learn to live with it. We don't want to just live with it. You know, sometimes we might need to make the first step with God. God, I don't understand this. This is wrong on so many accounts. But I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to worship you anyway because I know you are good. But this isn't good. But you are good. Sometimes when it hurts the most, you got to just give things over to God. When people have walked out of your life and betrayed you, you got to worship God anyway. You prayed and the answer didn't come the way you thought. You worship God anyway. You see, God has called us to a life of love, and he's put within each and every one of us a measure of love, the Bible says. And that love is, has to grow. And love isn't the, the emotional feeling that we hear in songs. Love is, love is sacrifice. Love is I will give my life for yours. Love is I will lay my agenda down so I can uphold your agenda. That's tough. Maybe agenda is not the right word. But I'll, I'll sacrifice what I'm doing to help you get through what you're going through. That's what really love is. And so we might not agree with people's lives or their lifestyle or our families and, and who they voted for in the last election, but that doesn't mean love doesn't have to be absent in that relationship. We can love anyway. We can value people's life anyway. We can tell them, I forgive you. We can say we haven't been together, we haven't spoken in a long time, but, but I feel compelled to reach out to you and just ask you, how are you doing? I know we had some disagreements in our past, but I just want you to know on my part, I'm laying that down so that I can just be your friend 
you can be in my world and I can be in yours. You know how godly that is? You are practicing reconciling. Just like God has reconciled with you, you in turn. And if you want the love of God to explode in your life and sense God's presence like you've never sensed it before, when you step out, and I'm telling you, taking the first step might be the hardest step you've ever taken in your life. Is this easy? No. You're going to need God. Because God has supernatural ability to help you make one step. Love anyway. Love them anyway. Lay the offense down anyway. Lay it down and forget it. Take that letter that was written to you and burn it. Because it has no value in this relationship. And what was written and what was said and, and what was meant needs to be covered under the blood of Jesus. And you need to take the first step and say, it doesn't matter. You've, I value you. You matter. First Corinthians, we know this. This is love month. First Corinthians 13, 8, love never fails. You might need to take that to God and go, God, I don't know even know if I believe this, but I'm going to stand on it that I'm going to love anyway. And this relationship is going to find peace where there's been chaos. In that chapter, you're quoting verse 8, but in verse 13, it says, these things will last forever. Forever is a long time. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. See, what we're talking about isn't just a little topic. We're talking about the core of God. The main attribute of God. And he desires for you to have his DNA. He desires for this to be the core of your life. Would you stand with us? Oh, Heavenly Father. We want those light, fun, butterfly feelings of love, those emotions. But when we find out the love of God... Ooh, and how it applies to me to walk it out. That's, that's a game changer. But when we realize your love compelled you to forgive me, to reach me, to change me, your love did change me. And that's what God wants to do in this place right now. He wants to change you. He wants you to know and experience and put into practice His love through your life. If you're here or you're watching online and God isn't in the center of your heart, what that means is you're rejecting His love. But today is your day to just go, you know, I've, I've made the mistake of rejecting His love, His sacrifice, His forgiveness. 
today's your day to receive him anew. Maybe you've just got caught up in things and he hasn't been important. But today's the day to put him back in his place as the lead of your life. I'm going to count to three. And on three, I want you to respond, raise your hand, whether you're in this place or watching online, whatever you're doing. And just pray this prayer that Pastor Strong is going to lead us in. And this is the beginning of that reconciling your relationship with God. One, today's it. You might not have another one. Two, don't let shame or guilt or feeling bad about the past take you away from this moment. Three, raise your hand in this place. Yes. Amen. 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 Oh, party in heaven right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, would you pray this prayer? Those watching online, you need to get right with God. Now's your time. Would you pray this prayer with us? Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you. For the precious blood. For the precious blood. Of Jesus. Of Jesus. That forgives me. That forgives me. Where I've fallen short. Where I've fallen short. Of your best. Of your best. I ask today. I ask today. That your blood. That your blood. Washes me clean. Washes me clean. Everything I've said. Everything I've everything said. Everything I've done. Everything I've done. Your blood. Your blood. Is sufficient. Is sufficient. I thank you. I thank you. For your forgiveness. For your forgiveness. And I forgive. And I forgive. Myself. Myself. And I forgive. And I forgive. Them. Them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Believers all over this room, I believe the Holy Spirit's just been in this place talking to us. if it's someone in this room or you're watching online. But when we mentioned the word prodigal, you knew it was you. It's time to come back. It's time to come back. Don't wait any longer. Come back home. We're going to dismiss the service, but if that's you and you're online, reach out. There's there's someone online. There's a host online for you. Reach out. If you're in this room, reach out. Reach out. Come back home. Come back home. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. It's been so thick in this room calling us to another level of love to love anyway God help us this week to choose love in Jesus name everybody say it